on Giddy Up, the weekend preview with Dean Watling and Mick Gannon. Not from the sort of figures that I've got. I think if she's here at her best, she should just blow this field away. Amelia's jeweler neck, a half life lessons. Too good, too good. Amelia's jeweler neck, life lessons. Yeah, I thought Karini's probably one of the horses that I'm like my horse to follow out of the meeting. I thought you hit the line nicely over the 1400 first up. Still Karini, Sabak trying to pick it up. It's Karini holding on and Karini beats Sabak. I think Kabu finds the front and he's mighty hard to beat. Kabu clinging on from Gaza Blanca. I think Kabu just Kabu by a half head to Gaza Blanca. I love this race. I think there's a, a, the best bet of the day across the country. Star Patrol. He is getting really well the weights here, 54 and a half kilos. Star Patrol, King of Sparta's trying to mow it down with Benedetta. Still Star Patrol, 50 metres to go. King of Sparta's going to have a crack late with Benedetta. Photo finish, Star Patrol. I think the race is very much in the hands of uh, Craig Williams and Mr Brightside. You know he'll be hungry to produce a good one after what happened last week, and I think Mr Brightside should get the mm-hmm. job done. Mr. Brightside, three quarters of length, alligator blood and comes clear. Mr. Brightside, a mile marvel. What a performance. What a violin for the half alligator blood. But I think Tiz Vince will win this race and go on to win the flight state. So I'm firmly in a corner. Yeah, fair summary there, Dino. I think Tiz Invincible is clearly the horse to beat. She was really, really good last start, granted slow tempo. Tiz Invincible, two lengths clear from Kamachi, Tropical Squall. And Tiz Invincible makes it three out of three this preparation. Another fill-up for the weekend preview team. They've been on fire, especially to kick off the spring. Let's welcome in Dean Watling and Mickey Gannon. DeanWatling.com, good morning to you. Good morning, Gareth. Good morning to Mickey Gannon and morning to all the listeners. Favourite time of the week, weekend preview. Another big week and keen to get stuck in. Hello to you, Mickey Gannon. Morning, G. Morning, Dino. What a great uh, weekend of racing we have ahead. Wow, we. Now, we've caused a little bit of drama lately, not drama, but we've, Shock me. we've had some healthy debates on, on Giddy Up, and that's what it's all about. Um, and I was interested to read Benny Dory's story, who, and I love Benny Dory. He's from RaceNet, but every opportunity he gets to fire up and ignite debate and upset the Victorians, he does. And he interviewed Joe Pride, and Joe Pride says the Melbourne Cup's no longer a race for Australians. The Everest is. And I went back and had a look at a few of the stats. I don't know what race Joe was watching last year, especially when I went and hosted uh, a Kiramar Racing Spring Racing launch there last Friday. And I was having a chat to the high emotion owners who finished third in the Melbourne Cup and were living their dream. So I think for me personally on this is that I love the passion for both races and I love what New South Wales have done for the Everest. I think it's clearly the biggest race now in Sydney and I think it's been terrific for the sport. But as a racing lover and in this world that we are living in where we're being taken on by um, sports betting a little bit as well, is that we should embrace all of our races, especially our great races, and the Melbourne Cup will always be our number one race, Mickey Gannon. Uh, Yes, G, absolutely. Will be. I think the comments, though, are probably maybe taken out of context from Joe in regards to uh, what's achievable in regards to horses that can win races and prices paid for horses. I think that's more the angle Joey was going. But once again with Joe, he's got really great points, really great commentary, but sometimes lacks the context around. But Ben Doris... Isn't he just trying to find a couple of issues? Left yeah, right I'm not having a go. Man. I'm not having a go at Joe Pry because he makes some really good points there, 100. Yep. Um, percent And it probably, 
I think it's, I think it doesn't matter what race it is, like an Everest or a, or a Melbourne cup. It's still very difficult to get a horse in those races and syndications help everybody involved, um, have a better chance of getting a horse to compete in an Everest or a Melbourne cup. But I think we should, everyone should embrace both races. They're both, they're both beautiful races. Yeah. They're going to last stand the test of time. Yeah. And Dino, that's a valuable lesson that Mickey Gaddon's pointed out. Sometimes you got to make sure that if you see a quote, read the article, listen to the whole um, um, conversation when it comes to, to these issues. Yeah, it's a good point. And I'll be sending my, um, my Airbnb invoice to Jacko at the end of the show. If um, Alligator Blood does get up to win on the weekend after Jacko stitch up on Monday. But it's a good point we raise. I think they're two different races, the Melbourne Cup and the Everest. They both bring different storylines. Um, we know what the, the Melbourne Cup is. And we know what the Everest is. I think, like Gano mentioned, the context to it is everything to a story. Um, probably accessibility in the sense of we breed sprinters in Australia, whereas probably the best stays in the world come from overseas. So it's about the um, how easy it is to get into a horse uh, as a sprinter or overseas horse to take it out. But the stories all the time in racing and only takes one good horse like a Maccabi Diva who we bred here to take it out three times. So it creates good conversation, but context is everything. Yeah, and I think this is the last on this topic. I think that the Everest with the narrative that it builds basically after the Everest, we're talking about who's going to be competing in it um, in 2024, a week after the 2023 edition. So because they're locally trained gallopers, the narrative um, is a little easier for Australian racing fans to understand. And the Melbourne Cup's probably lost that narrative a little bit because of the international horses that are coming out. And we still are not quite up to speed on who they are and, um, how good they are. But I think if, I think that if we can work out, I agree with Bruce McAvaney on this. If we have an Adelaide cup, Brisbane cup, Perth cup, and their automatic qualifiers into a Melbourne cup, that would help the narrative once again for our great race, Mickey. Definitely G. Absolutely. We need, we need, we need more Australian trained horses. It doesn't matter if they're imported. Okay. I get that. I get Joe's point, but if they're imported, if we see them, we see them running around winning Adelaide cups, Sydney Cups, et cetera. Yeah. I think you get more engagement with the racing community, just like you're getting with the Everest. The, the key they have with the Everest is the build-up is so great. We we see these runners, we follow them through their preparations. We're with the Melbourne Cup preparations, they're very hard to follow when half the field comes out here first or second up. And I think the 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 best example of that is Solcom. Like Solcom, I'm yep. I'm all over him for a Melbourne Cup, but he's got a, a group of owners. We know Johnny well, but the Richmond boys are in him and we watched him last year. And we watched him come back in the autumn. He's had some criticism. He's bounce back in the heritage. So we can understand his narrative now heading towards the Melbourne cup. We can follow him. We can feel that a, a relationship with him, you know, we can try and connect with him. And I think that's what we need a little bit more of in a Melbourne cup. Yeah. And the days of, you know, Bart Cummings putting 10,000 um, in, into them before they, you know, go to the cup and you get to see all these lead up runs and it's had five or six runs getting there. Those days are almost, you know, almost gone, aren't they? So it is hard to follow them through, but you now got a horse like Solcom that's been here second second preparation. Um, I think we get to follow this horse all the way through, and I think it's really important. G, if they want to keep building the Melbourne Cup, they need to build it around horses like Solcom. It's a good debate to have. We'll save that for the Wednesday debate. This is the weekend preview, as Jacko just tells me down the line. Um, that's, on, a good, that's a good point, Jacko. What did he do to you to fix you up the other day? He's, Dino. he's carved him up. Dino's oh, running running to his car these days, G. So what did you what did you what did you say, Dino? It was a, the topic on Monday. We're talking about alligator blood and the ride of Damien Oliver. And I think we, we spoke about that. No one was going to beat Mr. Brightside. He was just way Correct. too good for him. And then I think your question was, 
Is Damien Oliver the right jockey for Alligator Blood? And I just suggested that he's gone a little bit too slow there on the weekend and that there's probably better front runners, riders out there and that every jockey out there, elite or in the country, I guess, have strength and weaknesses. And I think mm. probably the strength of Damien Oliver is he, the way he rates horses off the speed and runs on, not so much out in front. And yeah, Jacko's just clipped me up a beauty there. Watch and... him win by four on Saturday. Yeah, well, you, 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 <laughs> he's a moral yeah, Saturday. He's an absolute 100%. Moral. <laughs> Um, you did say at the end of the day, as the digital team will say to me, Gareth, you said that. And I, everything I say, I believe in what I say. So, um, you can cut up anything I say, Jacko and Huey, if you're listening today, but you can't bag jockeys these days, Dino. You get oh. but, but you can bag an NRL player, AFL player, any other elite athlete when they yeah. make a meal. And you can't, have, can't, an bag a jockey, you can't have an opinion like it. So like, um, I think that and it wasn't bagging as well. Yeah. I don't think all jockeys do have strengths and weaknesses. All analysts do. Gano is a leader yeah. data. Um, trials aren't his, his forte. Minor trials. So, Yours hosting. Yeah, down, the, the, the example settle there. Down. The example there is. I think Latrell Mitchell is a better player in the centres than he is at full back. And you're saying that I think Damien Oliver is a champion player. Latrell Mitchell's a superstar. They're still greats at what they do. But um, Ollie's better in the back of the field than he is. At the front F-O-G, of the field. Huey might chop that up. Um, that is well, that, brilliant. That, chop that up, Jacko. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to explain, to simplify it for you um, a little bit. Now, how do you think this track will play on Saturday at Rose Hill? We've got about 40 seconds before the 10 o'clock news. Good for the rails out two metres here, Mickey. Yeah, I suggest that you're going to get a very fair track, G. There'll be some irrigation poured on nice and uh, even throughout the, um, I'd say 1400 meters and beyond. And then obviously naturally the 11 and 1200 meter starts. You, you we want to be on speed runners, G. All right, Dino. Got yeah. Seconds. I think the, the last meeting we had with plus two meters was golden, uh, slipper day. So yep. very similar to that off rails, uh, forward of midfield. All right, mate, let's take the news. We'll come back and start the weekend preview and have a look at a few of these feature races straight after the 10 o'clock news. Okay, Gareth Hall with you. This is the weekend preview. Mickey Gannon and Dean Watling to preview Golden Rose Day there at Rose Hill. Rail out two metres. We should be on a good track. Every horse should have their opportunity on such a big day like uh, a Saturday there for Golden Rose Day at Rose Hill. Let's have a look at the first leg of the quaddy, which is race seven. It's the Shaddon Stakes over the 1,500 metres. Bet 365 has Kerwin's Lane at $8.50 second up. Then we've got Cepheus at $4.80, Crosstalk at $5.50, Waterford at $3.20. Dean Watling, what are you doing here in the Shannon Stakes of 2023? Yeah, well, the market's uh, latched onto the run of Waterford in the Theo Marks last start, obviously behind Pericles. They absolutely walked the 600 metres and flew home. So I think that's a nice base for that horse to progress off it. Gate eight on paper probably looks a little bit tricky, but when you really do the speed map, Gano, it probably suits the horse. He's going to land three, four pairs back on the outside. There's strong enough speed, I'd suggest, up front. So I think Waterford's hard enough to be. I think the big improver, and Adrian Bott gave you a good push this morning, Gareth, with crosstalk. I think first up, just faded. Probably, I don't know what happened there. Maybe a little issue, but we can see this stable. They can get their horses to bounce back second up, especially on speed. I think crosstalk second up over a little bit further from gate six. Uh, can control them, but Gano Waterford on top here um, at a reasonable price. Yeah, interesting race. I'm really keen to see Crosstalk return and and look like 
he'll jump uh, from barrier six there, get across the front. Magical Lagoon will be there as well. Cepheus won't be far away. But I think that really opens the race up for a horse by the name of Flying Crazy for Team Hawk. Zachary Lloyd jumps aboard here, gets a bit of a jockey upgrade with Zach in really good form. Finished within four lengths of the winner last start. I think it was Golden Mile. Waterford wasn't too far off them, but I think Waterford had a much better run in transit where Flying Crazy was slow out, then had um, a bit of interference in the straight. Uh, Flying Crazy draws barrier three, gets Zach Lloyd can sit a little bit closer, G. I think Waterford draws barrier eight, probably sit outside it, and uh, there's a big price differential between the two, about $9 and $3. More than happy to make uh, Flying Crazy the value play of the day and back it each way, mate. All right, $10 and $3 there for Flying Crazy with Bet365. Race eight is the feature. It's the Kia Golden Rose over the 1,400 metres, and it's one of the better Golden Roses that we've seen. Miller to rise at $9. Shinzo first up's been easy in the market at $6.50. Cylinder is at $4.40. I had a chat to Jason Walsh, the racing manager for Cadolphin, and he indicated that Cylinder is the stable's best for the day around the country. So that's a good push. King Colorado at 7 Geez, Kiramar was bullish about his chances. Libertad at $17. Moravia at 13 Ncap. At $10, and then we go down to the Philly Charmstone that's been solid in the market, now into five fifty. Dean Watling for this year's Golden Rose. Outstanding race. Uh, one of my favourite races of the year, and I can't believe it's sort of only still worth a million dollars. I think it should be worth more, and we might see that upgraded. Um, a lot to break down here. I want to spend a, a little bit of time on it. The speed map's interesting. Me and Dan had a little bit of a chat off air. I think uh, Butch Cassidy... Maravea um, probably take up the running. NCAP showed the tactical speed last start. I think he can hold a spot leader's back. And then Cylinder, we know of his natural speed. I know he didn't sort of use it last start, but I think up to 400 metres with Nash on now, he can use that. Is there going to be a three-wide line? Potentially with snapback and a couple of drawing out wide. General salute, they have speed. And like we mentioned, the rail's in the, the plus two metre position. The last time we saw this was golden um, slipper day and they wanted to get off the fence like that's a similar setup here I think we'll see him running on I've been pretty strong in my opinion to be against the run to the rose form I think there was 0.7 lengths um, separating first to seventh in that event that just screams to me that they're a really even bunch so running trends is going to be key but I'm looking elsewhere I think Con King Colorado is the better of the day he was outstanding in the wing stakes uh, a little bit more luck and I think he goes close to placing in that event he's been freshened up Nearly 50 days between runs, a really sharp tick over trial and just needs a little bit of luck from the game. But I think that good speed, Gano, and potentially if he can blend in with that three-wide line, I think he can run on and be the strongest here. I think maybe the only query is 1,400 metres is short enough, but I'm quite keen on King Colorado, Gano. Yeah, I think with King Colorado, it's important to know he's probably best being kept fresh to keep that um, sprint in his legs. So hearing Kirimar this morning, I'm, I'm probably a little bit more confident with, with him, but I am very concerned with the draw. He does, doesn't map very well for mine. And I, I understand he might land in the three wide line and he'll get last crack at them. I think militarized, if I was to follow a horse out of that run to the rose, militarized is the one that I want to be with. Um, carried 58 and a half kilos, goes down two kilos. He draws really well, barrier two. Uh, gets Joe Marrera on, no uh, knock on, obviously Zach Lloyd there, but um, Joe is one of the best in the world. And just going to sit off them. We know he's going to be the strongest late. If there's any any amount of speed on, he'll be the one really charging. Charmstone draws really well. I think uh, Joe will follow Damien Lane everywhere um, Charmstone goes, and I would suggest that horse will be there or thereabouts. So if we're pending the run to the Rose form and just sort of allowing a bit of allowance for Militarize that was never really there to win in that race, 
Charmstone militarized the two. Gee, I know you've got your opinions. I have some concerns over Cylinder. Yeah, I think Cylinder's just going to get a lovely run. And they've talked this this cold up for a long time now. And when you hear um, the camp talking about a, an Everest slot and even saying that if he doesn't win on Saturday, they still think he's good enough to be competitive in an Everest and they, they might go down that way. I think that you got to respect you got to respect the team and they've got a great record in this race, Cadolphin. And when you have a look at the, the, the profiles of these horses, he's probably the best set up to run a peak performance for a big grand final cylinder with those two runs under his belt. And he trialed nice and early. So I think he's a horse to beat. I agree with you with militarize. Um, and this is why I love the golden Rose, the 1400 meter race. So you got horses like a Shinzo and cylinder that want to head to a Coolmore, but maybe an Everest. And then you've got the Guineas horses like the Militarizers and the King Colorados there um, and the end caps that make it fascinating, Dino. Yeah, it's sort of a split in the road here, isn't it? Uh, which way do you go back to 1,200 metres to an Everest or do you go to a Caulfield Guineas? I think we'll see King Colorado do that set up. Shinzo is the interesting horse. What do we yeah. do with him? Fresh in a Golden Rose. It'd be one of the most masterful training performances if Shinzo can win. He isn't helped by the draw. But what I wanted to say about the run to the rose, I know I'm against it, but what I would say is I think every horse had their chance to beat Cylinder in that race, probably Bar, Militarize, and Nadal. So if you're looking at the run to the rose and want to take a horse out, I think the only horse you can be with is Cylinder and Militarize. I think they had their chance, the others to beat Cylinder held up. I think the jockey switch with Nash in the saddle, I think that's a big push. And like you mentioned, going Garrett, he's going to get every possible chance. So um, I think he can run a race, but for me, I'm going to go elsewhere and look at King Colorado. And to be honest, and we had a chat to Jason Walsh about this, I think the biggest concern for Cylinder is the 1,400 metres. Spot on, Jay. Uh, that, they're my real concerns there. So he only just got out late, as was pretty, yep. pretty well publicised. He produced a really nice sprint that last 200 metres. But then through the line, for a horse that was held up and, and given probably every opportunity to, to push sprint that last 200 metres and then keep sort of just going. Obviously, they're, they're eased down through the line, but going under their own steam. He didn't look like a horse that was screaming, I want 1,400 metres. So I'm really concerned about that. But then again, sometimes these 1,400 metres races can be run at a leisurely tempo because you get yeah. those on pace, six furlong horses that think that they need a breather so they get a strong 1,400. Um, I know it was a truly run Golden Rose last year when Jack and I flashed down the outside and he was a fast tempo 1,200 metre horse. I don't, the tempo here, you had a chat about that speed map. I don't think they'll go overly quick, will they? Dino? I no, I don't, think, I don't think they will. I think a lot comes down to it, like Gano mentioned, that three wide line. General salute and snap back. I don't think they can win the race if they go back. So do they roll forward and potentially set up a three wide line? I think that's the way that speed gets injected in. But I think you make a really good point, Gary. If you look at the run to the rows, very similar horses. I don't think we get any new injection of speed with King Colorado, Shinzo. So um, it could be another leisurely stroll. Like you mentioned, it could just be a 600-meter sprint, which would suit Cylinder down to the ground. So don't think we'll see a lot of speed, Gano. Can you see anything else coming out? Well, it's group one worth a million dollars. I think that's probably the key here. There are – some of them will jump out of the box. And 
it will be at least moderate. Mm-hmm. That, I think I think we've got to I think we've got to concede that it'll be at least moderate. So therefore, yep, cylinder. If it's a moderate tempo, cylinder is definitely in the game. If it's a fast tempo, I'll be happy to be. You know, I think it's, he's got an uphill battle. But I think everything just all, all roads to me lean militarize and charm stone. G. All right, then bring on the the golden rose. Going to be a terrific race. The Shandon handicap over the fourteen hundred meters of benchmark eighty eight is race nine. We'll run through this race. We've got a horse like Vienna Princess at $7, Shelton Lane, a very good galloper at two eighty, and Paray at $4.60 here. Dino, your thoughts? Yeah, another interesting race. I think Shelton Lane is probably the best horse in it, but a couple of things I want to note prior to Saturday is we're expecting this track to play pretty fair, but that is a horse who does get back and run on. So I think at the price currently, you can probably wait till Saturday and I think you'll get very similar price and you'll probably figure out by races or up to race nine if you can run on from where that horse will be in the position. Uh, I think it's the best horse in the race. I think it should win coming off its last start where somehow it didn't nail that winner on the post down there in Melbourne, which Gano's probably still having nightmares about. So I think <laughs> I think Charlotte Lane's uh, the best horse in this race. Don't want to play yet, Gano? Probably not. It's interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of speed here. I just want to wait till Saturday morning, G. You've got Danish Prince, Forver Law, Journalism, and Tozel Knows that will all go forward. So I have complete confidence in Charlton Lane and Prey will both be able to fire uh, late and come over the top of them. They're the two horses I'm very keen on, Charlton Lane and Prey. At this stage, I'm not willing to back either of them because there's a fair chance that three three or four horses come out of this race and then my ticket's are confetti. So it's a wait and watch at the moment. Okay, let's have a look at the final event at Rose Hill, which is another benchmark race. And uh, we have Portray at $9 first up. Jeez, Kiramar was bullish about extravagant star despite the gate at six fifty. In fact, he made that mare the stable's best for the day anywhere around the country on a Saturday. Ahoy at $6. You can have her every day of the week. Mars Mission at $9. Mickey, what are you doing in the 10th? If the best version of Extravagant Star turns up, gee, she will be winning. She was really, really good. Better of up. the day, I think. six fifty. I couldn't believe the price. Good price. Horrible barrier yeah. uh, and horrible, horrible map over 1,100 metres at Rose Hill. But if we if the track's playing fair and there isn't a lot of, there is a lot of speed here, uh, she should be getting the job done big enough for us to have a bet for sure, G. Uh, by no stretch is she the best bet of the day, but I'd be more than happy to have a bet at that seven six dollar fifty price. Dino? Yeah, I'd just be... My question mark with this race is Mogo Magic, gate 16, a lot of gonna speed. Be scratched. Get, scratched. Yeah, I was going to say, likely to come out. So just be note of that, obviously, with deductions. Um, and probably a couple others might come out with a speed map. I think it's a field leg in the quaddy. The one I would like to find at odds, and I think we black booked it on our weekend review, is Rainbill. Fastest last 600 metres, first up, sneaky back to the inside, took over trial, and now presents second up, which is essentially third up. If there's enough speed on, like Gano, then I suggest. I think Rainbill, you could have worse ways to round out the day, but field leg for me, Gareth. In the yeah, that's usually when you're chiming and go, mate, if, if, if Rainbill beats Extravagant Star, I'll give up. <laughs> there you go. There's your quote, Jacko. Um, we'll take a quick break. That's the quaddy legs there at Rose Hill for Golden Rose Day. We'll come back and have a look at the heritage, the Colin Stephen quality for the stays, and the golden pennant for the mares straight after this, plus the team staking plan for the Rose Hill meeting. Welcome back to Giddy Up. This is the weekend preview. Thanks to Bet365, the world's favourite online betting brand. Imagine what you could be buying instead for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Let's go through the heritage here. We've got Barber 
I think he will return finally there on Saturday at $9. Osmosis has got big wraps on him. The Derby owned Galloper for Beyond Baker at $2.30. Celestial Legend at $6. Royal Tribute at $3. Adrian Bott made Royal Tribute the Staples best for the day. Mickey Gannon, you can get $34 for the Everest. If you think that he can win on Saturday, I'd have something on that $34 there with Bet365 for an Everest. Well, I know Dino's very keen to back uh, him in the Coolmore as well, G. So it's a bit up and about about this horse. This is a really good race. And full credit to Dino. We did a show on Monday um, and the uh, the consensus was that Osmosis will drift and Royal Tribute will shorten. And, and it certainly turned out that way. Royal Tribute was enormous at Hawkesbury and Osmosis first up. So Osmosis first up last, uh, sorry, Osmosis met Royal Tribute last preparation and absolutely brained it. Uh, has it come back bigger, better, the same way Royal Tribute has? Well, only time will tell. As far as a betting proposition, I can't possibly have a bet on either at the moment. I'd like to see how forward Osmosis is in the yard before I have a bet. And Royal Tribute's got the fitness edge. I found it impossible because I don't think anything can beat those two. Dino? I think you've summed up really well. I think Waterhouse and Bot are at their best with their horses second up, which Royal Tribute comes to this race with. It's going to lead, find the rail. Mighty hard to beat Timmy Clark back in the saddle riding on Saturday. And then you look at Osmosis, and I'd suggest probably the most vulnerable Bjorn Baker horses are, uh, particularly our first up. Um, in saying that, they've obviously got a couple of wraps on it to be an Everest horse. So I doubt Bjorn has it underdone. I think he'll be here to win it. I think he just camps outside of Osmosis, and we see two horses ding-dong for the line. Celestial Legend trialed for the re- uh, through the weekend. Could be the best horse, but obviously needs further. If they overdo it, he'll be the one climbing over backs late to, to run on. But I agree with you again. I just can't split these two. I think Osmosis is potentially the better horse, but I'd suggest Royal Tribute probably has a better setup here. So I think it's a sit back and watch, but it's one of the most intriguing races across the whole meeting. All right, the Golden Pennant race six. A tissue at $5, Joe Mirra. Espiona that had a flashing light above her head the other day first up. Nash Rilla at 270, bet 365. And Sue Gotcha, Ryan Moore at $3. All trained by Chris Waller. But what about those hoops? Mirura taking on Nash, taking on Ryan Moore. She's a belter. First up, Annabelle Nisham at $11. Banana Queen at $10. And big prizes for the rest here. Dino, who wins this race? It's a really good race. Um, really good jockeys too. What a clash that we're going to see there on Saturday um, between some really good horses and really good jockeys. I think the market's probably got it wrong in the sense that I think Espiona and Tissue, there wasn't much between them first up. Um, running to the line there behind Sunshine in Paris. Tissue was probably inconvenienced back towards the inside, whereas Espion had the run similar to Sunshine in Paris, just probably not the same ability first up. I think the one the market's missed is Zugotcha, who closed up right along the rails, which I suggest was the inferior ground. That horse is peaking third up, which I love as a Chris Waller profile compared to a Tissue and Espiona, who are all second up. I think it sits outside the leader, and Zugotcha finally getting to 1,400 metres. Looks hard to beat. In the big watch, Gano is she's a belter. Ties in in the light fingers through, uh, through sorry, um, Sunshine in Paris and in secret. First start, last preparation. Dry track, new stable. I think it's a watch that's on she's a belter, but uh, Zoo gotcha firmly in her court on Saturday. Intriguing race. Great jockey. It's going to be awesome to watch. Can't wait. Absolute spectacle. Zoo gotcha on top. I think uh, 1,400 metres is perfect for her. I've been waiting for that. This preparation, do I want to take $3? Probably not. I think Espiona has a really good second up record, G. Um, Nash aboard, he'll be hungry to put his hand up and um, tell Joe and uh, Ryan, who, Ryan Moore whose house this really is. 
and then a tissue for third, but uh, no real huge standout bets there, G. All right, then staking plans for Golden Rose Day there at Rose Hill. Dino, we'll kick off with you. I'm going to spend all of my $200 at Rose Hill. I found um, Caulfield, which we'll touch on in a second, a little bit tricky. Race two, number seven, Peace Officer in the midway. Um, really good first up gap between runs, trial, Nash on. I think I'm going to have $50 on race two, number seven. Race yeah, three, highway, number- surely. No. Race three, number eight, Marquess. I'm going to have $50 on it. I think it's suited now for 900 metres inside draw. And I'm going to have my remaining $100 on race eight, number four, King Colorado at $6 in the Golden Rose. G. Mickey Gannon. Love it. Uh, I'm going to go race three, number eight, Marquess. Best bet of the day. I have $100 on it around the $3.60, $3.80 mark. And I'll have $25 each way. Race seven, number nine, flying crazy. Race seven, number nine, flying crazy. Just recap your selection there in the Golden Rose there, Mickey Gannon. Yeah, I was very happy to be with Miller to rise. And I thought that Charmstone is another that will get run of the race. I think they'll both get the run of the race stuff and uh, be very hard to beat. Having a look at the results there with our staking plans. Last week, Mickey Gannon lost and so did Dino. Mickey Gannon's up Fifth, in fact, Dino won. I'm sorry, Dino, you won. Um, So Dino's $304. Mickey Gannon is $1,509. So a long way to go, but he's eight links in front, Mickey Gannon, a little bit like Voro, catch me if you can. But Dino can finish like Chautauqua. 10.27, let's take the news. We'll come back with Timmy Wilson from First Light Racing and then Mitchie Lewis will join us to preview Caulfield. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. That wherever the blue and gold goes, success follows at First Light Racing, firstlightracing.com.au. Timmy Wilson joins us. G'day, Tim. Gareth, good to be on. Um, what are you expecting this weekend, mate? Have you got any runners that we need to be following? Oh, I'm hoping I've got a couple today for you. Oh, beautiful. Um, got a, <laughs> we'll get in early. I know there's a bit of hype about the half two lofty strike in, in race two at Cranbourne, Julie Sandu's Philly called Excess. Um, but we really like our horse in the same race, Reveline. He's a, a son of Russian Revolution. What One of the two we bought last year. The other was in the instructor. Um, he just draws sticky. He, he gets 10 of 10 at Cranbourne with the rail out of fair way. So I, I think we'll know our fate within the first furlong. But he does have D Oliver on. Has good gate speed. Um, if, if we wanted the race to run perfectly for us, I, I think we'd sit outside. Um, excess and... You know, trust Ollie to judge the race to perfection and, and be too strong, lady. He certainly tried up very well, and he, he's one we're hoping can get to better races in the spring. Beautiful. So 340 for Reveline. Have you got another one for us? Yeah, we've got one up at Ipswich today as well that I quite like. Again, just drawn sticky, but we, we, we trust Jimmy Orman, who's, you know, the deal over of Queensland, really. Uh, race three, number seven, Desert Safari. Um, a horse we've got with Annabelle Nishim. He shows a lot at home, probably hasn't quite translated on race day. Like last start, we jumped in from 12 to 14 and put the blinkers on. He just did it, overdid it out, out in front. So he comes back to 13.50 today and, and gets blinkers off, but winkers on. Um, just another one with that barrier 10 in a 15-horse field. You've got that shoot start um, at Ipswich today. I think we'll know our fate within a furlong. But if Jimmy's either sitting outside the leader or, or even better in the 1-1, one, one, um, I think he's the best horse in it. If you get that early luck, I, I think he's going super, this horse. So 
Um, probably even more confident on him than the other one. Exciting time of the year. Spring's arrived. Two-year-olds are jumping out at trials. We've got preliminary final weekend in the NRL and the AFL, Timmy. So plenty to look forward to. How do we get involved with First Light Racing? Have you got one for us? Yeah, uh, jump jump on the website, firstlightracing.com.au. We spoke about Russian Revolution. He's doing such an outstanding job. I've, I've got a lean, mean machine filly on there that's you yeah. know, only four and a half grand for, for 5%. About 15% left. She, she's going back into gaze this week and, and just looks like one that could be up and going for Christmas for us. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a great time of year. We've got a big lunch in the city with about 80 owners tomorrow Wayne Carey, Barry Hall right. coming along to tell a few war stories from, from their, uh, probably on and off the field from their footy days. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a great time of year. and Grab yourself a, a share in a horse and hopefully we can have it at the races for you in the next few months. The Lee Mean machines are flying at the moment. So Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott could train. And I watched him run oh. the other day down uh, the forefront there at Manly. Uh, Mickey Gaddon to win, I reckon, an Everest. So four and a half grand uh, for five or Millions. Um, yeah. But Adrian Bott and Gay Waterhouse are that good these days. In fact, I even saw Hilal trial the other day. And they'll probably get it to win a race, which is extraordinary in itself. Um, good on you, Timmy. Thanks for that, mate. Enjoy that lunch tomorrow. Cheers, boys. Have a good weekend. There's Timmy Wilson. It's no surprise that wherever the blue and gold go, success follows at First Light Racing, firstlightracing.com.au. Mitchie Lewis to join the team to preview the Underwood Stakes Day there at Caulfield Saturday, straight after this. Welcome back to Giddy Up. This is the weekend preview. Gareth Hall, Dean Watling and Mickey Gannon. And joining us now to preview this Melbourne meeting, Underwood Stakes Day at Caulfield is Mitchie Lewis. Hello, Mitch. Yeah, hello, boys. Good right. to be here. It's a ripper meeting. Yeah, can't wait to get into it. Rail out six metres here. They were getting off the fence when it was in the true the other day. Um, I think that you want to be on pace there come Saturday, especially with the firm ground there, Mitchie Lewis. I'm thinking so, and I think I'll probably roll out again into those middle lanes. Yep. It historically is the better sort of going there at Caulfield. So I'm pretty sure the previous meeting, on the top of my head, it was six of the winners came from lanes four to seven, I think it was. So, yep. yeah, I'm expecting a similar type setup. Let's have a look at the Caulfield Guineas prelude. What a race this is. And I think lower barriers here over the 1,400 will be better suited. Um, and Little Bros is at $13 for Team Hayes. You've got V8 who's drawn nicely and two at $4. To Party um, Barrier 8 at $2.90. Centify gets a low gate at $7. Then we go down to a horse like Some People Call Me. Good push from Kira Mar for this galloper at a price at $34 this morning with Stable Mail. Southport Tycoon's a winner, Harry Coffey. At $19, Snow Patrol had no luck in that race against Southport Tycoon the other day at $23, but it's a tough gate to overcome there. And then Rock Empire gets an inside gate and won nicely on debut at $17. Mitchie Lewis, who wins this race? It's going to be between V8 and Stepati for me. Both of them were super impressive first up, but I'm going to lean to Stepati. I just thought his first up effort, it was in a good way. Reasonably soft. Johnny Allen looked after him pretty well there. I'm not too shaded about barrier eight because I think it gives him that ability to find the middle of the track. And I think he'd probably just sit off the leaders and he'll be able to find the middle there. He was a big improver second up last prep. So I think second up here, it's going to be between him or V8, but I'm expecting him at full flight to be pretty hard to beat. McGannon? Yeah, I think V8 gets the map favours, G. I think they put up $5.50. That was ridiculous. Yeah. The market's got it pretty close now. Um, it's the party. 
class galloper as well, but just doesn't get the same map. So looks a race in two. I think if you're outside of those and you can make up ground, which we'll know by race seven, uh, I'd be happy to have a shekel each way on Shalites. I think it's a very mm. promising horse and be well suited at the 1400 meters. But I do have big concerns over how the track's going to play, G. So it's one of these wait and see races, Dino. Why, what concerns do you have then, Mickey? Good for rail out six meters, drying conditions and, 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 if they put irrigation on, it's going to be dried out by race seven. I think we're going to see on-pace favours. And therefore, from barrier 11 for a horse like Shalai, it's going to have to be yeah. very, very good. And you'll miss the kick by about three or four. Um, yeah, so good luck there with Shalai, um, Dino. <laughs> I love when you don't like one, Gareth. It's an interesting setup. Mitchy, trying to think memory-wise, the, the last couple of weeks at Caulfield, even though the rail's been out, I think the inside, we get to see a hard inside rails and run day. So I think you make a really good point there that every single meeting at Caulfield, the running line and sort of getting the middle part of the track's been ideal, which isn't the normal setup, 1,400 metres. V8 was outstanding, needed the run first up coat-wise, the yard watcher suggested. So he's a big watch in the yard here. I think he can improve drastically but i just love set party i think the way they were going to beat him was last start over 1200 meters off that long break i think up to 1400 meters now i think the gates well i think he sits three pairs back on the outside and just goes whooshka at the 200 meters so i'm keen to be with him and if you want to have a shekel on something each way i think rock empire who was a dominant winner at the kensington track first up um, comes down from sydney i think it's not the worst at 18 dollars there but Step party for me, Gareth. We're going to find out a lot more, you would imagine, from the Golden Rose and the prelude there at Caulfield regarding the Caulfield Guineas. Now, the Foundation Cup, we've got He's a Shocker, $13. Emissary at 16 Floating Artist at $4. Goldman at $8. Uncle Bryn, 20 to 1. Bear Story at $16. Milford at $6. They've got the blinkers on Barclay Square. Can that do the trick just to liven him up a little bit at five fifty? And then Alaskan God, who was a good effort, the WA Galloper there the other day at seven fifty. Dean Watling and Future History is at eleven dollars as well. Dino. Yeah, well, Future History is probably going to get the run of the race. If you look at the speed map for this event, there is a complete lack of speed. Future History and probably Goldman draws nineteen, but I don't think that's too much of an issue. I think the lack of speed, he can just roll across and sit outside it. Um, Barclay Square backers will probably get sucked in again. He looks to get another lovely run just beyond the speed with Bear Story, the Summit. He's a shocker. But Mitchie, I think it's a, a really hard race to dissect. Floating Artist probably gets a good run too. If I'm going to back one, I think Future History just gets the run of the race and looks hard to beat. But it's not a race, Mitchie, I'm too keen to chime into. No, I'm the same. That 2,000 metre start is just on that little kick as they come around. So with some of those key players drawn out wide, it's such a mess, I thought, to sort of map. So I'm not super keen to be betting into the race either. I probably thought, you know, floating artist or he's a shocker or even Goldman with chances, depending on runs, if Goldman can cross. But tough to map, and I think it's going to be tough to bet in this one. Mickey? Um, horse like Milford has really, really good Caulfield 2,000-meter dry figures. It wouldn't surprise to see that in the finish around this $16 mark. But big field, 2,000-meter start, wide barrier. It's not a great recipe for um, success, G. Okay, let's take a break. 10.44, this is the weekend preview. Pre preview team, previewing Caulfield, Underwood Stakes Day, and we'll come back and preview the Group 1. <laughs> Underwood Stakes. Preview. It's a preview show if you haven't worked that out just yet. Welcome back to Giddy Up. This is the weekend preview this Thursday. Let's preview the Group 1 Underwood Stakes. And he's a shocker at $13. In fact, he's not in that race. We've got Bow and Declare at 200 to 1, the Melbourne Cup champ. 
Alligator Blood's the favourite at 350 with bet 365. Mawanga, can he bounce back? He's at $34. Tuvalu at $9. Without a fight at $5.50. Solcom at $8. Linderman at $8. Attrition at $9 in this year's Underwood Stakes. Mickey Gannon, who wins this year's race? Uh, Alligator Blood should be winning this race. A weight for age winner, multiple weight for age group one winner. G it has a clear, clear class edge on all of these draws. Well, goes forward, gets the great Damien Oliver on board, who will just rate this horse to absolute perfection. Um, nearest dangers for mine would have been a horse like Mawanga, but Jordan Barrier 17. So I'm happy to pan it without a fight first up. Has to be a massive query here with bigger targets in, sol- in sight. Solcom, Barrier 5. Ticks plenty of boxes. Blake Shin, second up for a stayer. I think with a long preparation, head off a huge first up run. I'm happy to risk it. And Lindemann rolls forward, but I don't think we've seen the best of that horse this time around. Dewey, another horse that we just quite, haven't quite come back as good as we like. I think Elegator Blood has this race at his mercy, G. I think you make a good point. By default, Wawanga, no. Nonconformist, he needs to improve. Tuvalu. Should be 200 to 1. Yeah, I don't think Tuvalu can defeat Alligator Blood. No um, chance. Smoke and Romans, no. Without a fighter, Sam Friedman pointed out, he can win, but he's got bigger fish to fry later on in his campaign. Right, you are same. He's got a Caulfield Cup that he needs to be primed for. Solcom second up. I don't think he'll show that turn of foot that he did first up. Linderman, maybe. Attrition, it needs a little bit of luck from that gate. Barrier 15. So basically, when you analyse it like that, Dino, Alligator Blood is... D. Oliver can rate him perfectly in front, then he's home and host. Yeah, exactly. He won this race last year going at a steady clip and absolutely destroyed him. I think if you reference to Mr. Brightside form, that is the best form in the country. Now, he drops back in grade or class-wise, you suggest, and like you've mentioned there, Gareth, you can put a hole in plenty of these runners. I think the only concern is if he does get niggled at the front there, Lindemann's got speed, Tuvalu's got speed, but outside of that, you just want to see that those inside lanes are good enough on the day, like we mentioned, and it's not the best part of the track to get off the, the rails. But I think he'll probably find it. Um, I think the only jink in his arm is the price. It's fascinating to see what they do. I thought he'd start shorter, and he has to start shorter currently. I think the main danger is attrition. I love his run last start um, from the back there. He just got sort of pocketed on the on the turn there at Mooney Valley. I doubt that's his track. I think he's peaking condition now. He just needs luck, and... If a three-wide line does eventuate, I think he gets a beautiful running trend and he'll be the strongest late. So happy to play both Alligator Blood and Attrition. I think they're the easiest ways to play this race, Mitchie. Yeah, I'm pretty similar to Dean. I thought Alligator Blood with his extra sort of fitness edge on a couple of these. Potentially, he could put a couple to the sword early, having that fitness there, pushing forwards. Um, I just kept coming back to him. Won the race last year, 1,800 metres is a tick. I think he'll be pretty hard to get past as long as he's not niggled out by the likes of Lindemann. I thought you could maybe each way on right you are as well. I just thought it's got that little sniff of, you know, the Ma used to stay as getting ready at the right time of year. If he's, what is he, second up off a four-week break, I think. So if they do go a little bit hard, he might just be camping off that. But yeah, small each way, right you are, and probably alligator blood on top. Benchmark 100 for the sprinters is the last race. We've got not an option at $34. Generation at 15 Midwest is the Freedman's best for the day at $4. Bacchanale at $10 for Cadolphin. Ashford Street, the old boy. Blake Shin takes over, $17. Maybe an each-way ticket on him. Rose Courts at 11 
Vivian at $8 and then She Dances is at $5 here. Sebenak at $12. Mickey Gannon? She Dances, very well weighted, goes forward, barrier 15, very hard to beat, but just needs to cross there. 1,100 meter start is, is more favorable than any for that barrier there. Midwest, very hard to beat with that Wurumu pins claim. They're the two for mine, G. All right, then, Dino? Yeah, I think it's really a nice way to end the day. I think Midwest is mighty hard to beat. Outstanding last start behind Asapora. That race rated through the roof. Stage 1,100 metres. I think it was vulnerable first up 1,100 metres. I think second up now with a claim. I think it just blows these away. I think the veins, the danger, that horse is uh, the definition of flying. Old Kenny be slightly against she dances. 1,100 metre form isn't the best. Probably wants 12 on the wide gate, but her jump out to be superb. Maybe she's a... Back me second up chance, but um, Mitchie, I thought Midwest was a really good way to end out the day. Yeah, me and Dino must have been swapping notes again because I had number four Midwest on top as well. So I thought the Asphora form is going to stand up. Second up off the 1100 now, I think it's a tick as well. Track and trip one there as well. Um, Barry three, I think, gives it the map advantage off She Dances, who I think is the danger. All right, then let's run through the rest of the card or some of the feature races. Talking about cards. Red card, $1.65, Mickey. Is she a, a moral there at Caulfield at that price coming to Melbourne after some, well, an impressive first up effort in Sydney for Cadolphin? Yeah, she's an absolute morale AG. She's class above these. Two from two, second up. She'll make it three from three, second up. Blake Shin, barrier four, rolls forward. Catch me if you can. I'll be very surprised if they can get anywhere near her. And uh, she'll keep going throughout the preparation. I think she'll make uh, the old picket fence. Mitchy. Yeah, at the odds, I'm probably not going to play in this, but I thought red card's the one that... All right, then, Dino? Looks incredibly hard to beat, and then outside of that... You're, you're breaking up a little bit. I think we, we um, got what you were trying to say there, Mitchie. Um, the favourite's too short. What are you doing here, Dino? Yeah, red card's one of the best bets around the country. Gano's subscribers have nailed the price. It's been well back. Mm. What I would say is I think it's only vulnerable was uh, vulnerability was first up. Second up, it's got an elite record. So I think it improves off that first up run. If it does that, it wins by even further here. I think she's a, a group class mare in the making. What about the mare's race in race number four? We've got Yellow Sam that was good the other day. Bit of a tip around for the Lindsay Smith train. Galloper 460. She's a con 850. And then our Red Morning. Very talented at 280 for Greg Urell and Nunthorpe, who was impressive the other day at 480. Mickey Gannon, quickly. Yeah, I thought Nunthorpe was only okay last start, so I wouldn't be keen to fall into the it. Taj needs a horse that's always had potential. If I was having to have a bet, I'd have something each way Taj need. All right, then. Dino? Yeah, shoulders, arms for me, Mitchy. Yeah, I like Yellow Sam to get over the top and Nunthorpe this start. Four and a half kilo one. Yep. swing wasn't too far off at last time and third up ready to peak now all right then what about miracle love dino you love this horse can she win first up she's on the path towards the oaks yeah i thought her trial was a little underwhelming at the price i was probably happy enough to take her on i tried to find something to beat her and uh, give the punters a little push there but i just thought uh, i'd be more than happy to be against miracle love first up off that sort of poorish trial all right then mickey yeah, miracle of love. I wanted to find her and I couldn't because the trial was awful. Okay. Oz Empress, though, comes to the Charmstone form lines. is really good first up. I think was only okay second, but I think it's a horse that can go very well third up, 1,400 metres, draws inside, gets Winona Coston, who rates them very, very well, goes forward, getting $10. That's a great each way bet. All right, Mitchie, quickly here. 
Yeah, not super keen to play in race five. All right, then is amendable a good thing? Two dollars, of course, in race six. Mitchie first. I think so. Pushing on that limits. Yeah, third up, beat mm. Devoted and Carini first up, and that's obviously very strong form lines now. And the run in the Memsey was massive, so I think amendable sitting at about two dollars now is yeah going to be hard to beat there. All right, Mickey Gaddon, you're taking on amendable. Yeah, Bandus match is a okay. great bet. Third up, career peak gets here again. Third up. Georgia Charles, Barrier 3, huge show. It was about 7 or $8. Been, actually, I think they opened 10 now into five fifty. That's There's a reason why it's ready to fire. All right, then. Staking plan for you. Do you like amendable Dino? Yes or no? Uh, probably no. All right, no, then. not at the price. Mickey Gannon, staking plan Caulfield. Yep, I'm going to have my remaining $50 on a double alligator blood into red card. $50 around the $6 mark, G. Mitchy Lewis. Uh $50 Midwest, and then I'm going to go $100, a double, amendable into Stepati, and then $50, race three, number four, Wine Baron at Morfordville. Race three, race three, number four? Yep. Yeah, Wine Baron. And Dino, you're not betting at um, Caulfield. You're saving all of your pennies there for Rose Hill. Yep, that's me. I think Midwest is the best bet of the day there at Caulfield outside of staking plan, though. Hey, Mitchie. Great work, mate. We'll catch up with you during the week. Thanks, mate. Thanks, guys. Glad Good on you, Mickey. Thanks, Jerry. Good on you, Dino. Thanks, fellas. And that is the preview here, the weekend preview on Giddy Up on this Thursday. I'll be back tomorrow morning for a big show. I think we're 9 o'clock tomorrow morning for Giddy Up. Have a wonderful day.